Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And thank you for joining us again this week as we present Mother Angelica answering the call as she did for so many years. Of course, on her television show, these featuring the great phone calls that came in on our live shows from the 80s, 90s into 2000. I'm Doug Keck here, along with EWTN chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we bring you four more phone calls that came in from viewers over the years. Uh, Father, it's always good to see you. How Mm -hmm. are you doing? Doing well, and we never get tired of hearing those early stories of Mother Angelica. They're surprising stories, but there's so much humor in there. But uh, So we're going to hear one of those in the first episode. Absolutely, and it's not only hearing it, it's hearing her telling. <laughs> yes, that's, that really makes it great, right? <laughs> and that's Don't Swear, Don't Gossip. Uh, also, A Husband Puts People Down. Uh, near the end of the program, we got Come Back to Jesus and What is God? Kind of an interesting mm-hmm. question. But first, let's start off with the first call that has to do with don't swear, don't gossip. It's interesting because it kind of uh, started off in one place and Mother took it in, a, in an entirely different direction. Mm-hmm. So this person was having a difficulty uh, holding her mouth from swearing and <laughs> telling lies and getting mad and upset. And uh, Mother talked about the Tonys, right, <laughs> that she worked with that helped her up in Canton, That's Ohio. not the Broadway awards, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> no this, these were guys who were a little rough at the pool hall and so on. But how she saw that they had a big heart. You know, that was something about Mother. Even the rough-and-tumble guys, they loved Mother Angelica. Why? Because she didn't look askance at them. She didn't look down on them. She saw what was good in them, and she tried to draw that out and even encourage them to greater virtue. Right. And she said to him, you know, why don't you stop swearing? And, of course, he swears mm-hmm. I'm trying to at the, <laughs> at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, again, that, that, that's where you see the reality of mother, uh, a person like you indicated, Father, who would reach out to the average person, to even the person who, you know, mm-hmm. many times people say, well, mother's she's uh, being judgmental. But, right. meanwhile, with, for the people like mm-hmm. that, you know, who really needed people to reach out to them, she would be the first one to do it. She was, and she would say when she saw that tally light come on, she would speak to the hurting, needy person. And that was the way she looked at people. She saw their pain because she had experienced a lot of the pain that many people go through in different ways. And she had this compassion that could reach out to them or see what was good in them and try to draw that out of them. Right, because I think many people probably felt the same way about her when she was growing up because of the issues she had in growing up in her life and the wrong side of the tracks. Don't swear, don't gossip. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. How are you from? From Chicago. Wonderful. What is your question? Okay, Mother Angelica, my question is that I'm trying to my best to pray in my house to go to church, but there's sometimes that I just cannot pray. I tell lies, I swear, I get mad. And I'm the only one in my house that usually prays, but there's other members of my family that they just criticize me or they make fun of me when I take the rosary or when I start going to church. And they just, you know, use me as if I was a clown in front of other people. And I feel really bad. 
and believe me, I feel sometimes like taking them by the neck and squeeze them. And how could I do so I can live a saintly life and keep yeah. on praying and forgetting about all these sins that probably uh, hurt my Lord yeah. and hurt me? Well, you know, it's a common problem. St. Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't. The things I don't want to do, I do. I think the problem perhaps that people have is that your prayer life doesn't go with your other life, see? In other words, you have to realize that it's more than just saying prayers. That prayer has to make you want to be like Jesus. So you have to stop gossiping, swearing. One time, when I was a young sister, I built, uh, my spirit asked me to build a, a shrine uh, like Lourdes, and that's all she said, just like that. Well, so I called some of the good people I knew, and nobody had time. I called some of the holy people I knew, and they had less time. So I was born in a rather different end of town, and I called the pool room where I was raised, not in the pool room, but around the pool room. And I, I, I got a hold of this voice, and I recognized it. And I said, Pitsagill, is that you? Yeah, mother. Or was sister then? What can I do for you? I said, why don't you get out of jail? <laughs> he said, oh, a month ago. I said, are you being good? What can you do in a month? <laughs> so I said, uh, I need some of the boys to help me build a <coughs> Ah, sure. How many do you want? Five or six? Okay. So every night at five o'clock, supposedly after work time, but I never knew what kind of work they did. So they would come. And one uh, with a truck driver for a concrete um, place, and I said to him, I need moss rock. All right, I'll go find moss rock for you. I said, I need a lot of it. And he used to swear very much probably like you do. And every five, six words is a swear word, you know. And he'd do it in front of me. I said, Jim, Tony, why don't you stop swearing? Honest to God, sister, I don't mean it. <laughs> I said, it's fine, but you're still saying it. So why don't you stop? Try this whole week. I'll have to shut up. I said, it may not be a bad idea. <laughs> shut up. So the week was got over, and he came to me, and he said, I did it. I said, you swore. Hell no, he said. <laughs> He was crying hard. See, he didn't swear all week, but he had to use it as emphasis, saying, well, why don't you try that? Try one thing at a time. You don't need to swear. You don't need to gossip. You don't feel good, and that's why everybody laughs when you pray, see? 
my life must be at least people have to see I try I'm going to fall here and there but I try so you try will you do that I'll pray for you like I did him you know I worked with those men for about oh must be three four months and they didn't know much about prayer and they were brought up on a wrong side of the street but they had big hearts and that's when I learned something I learned why the Lord said one time I have come for sinners and not the just and I learned why sinners always were attracted to the Lord they needed him and he loves to be needed you need Jesus to stop swearing and gossiping it's not something you can do it's something he must do with you and in you and for you don't swear and don't gossip it brings no one anything and if what you say is not true that's even worse so tonight ask our lord our lady to help you and we move on to our second call having to do with a husband who puts people down and a wife who feels embarrassed by it yeah and she's saying well you don't really have an alternative you can't just put people down with him You've got to do something differently, even if it's unliked. And hopefully it will lead to his conversion, too. Right, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, Mother talks about the idea that so much in in the world we live in today, we get in the habit, uh, in a sense, of of always pulling people down Mm -hmm. instead of trying to raise them up. Uh, And we see that, I think, in social media and the world today. There's so much... You know, the cancel culture, Mm -hmm. really, that whole idea, instead of looking for the good in people, it's constantly looking for what can I take this person down on. Yeah, it really is such a sad culture in so many ways where the social media is like um, humiliating people and seeing what kind of fault I can, uh, you know, express and make known about other people in order to bring them down. When what we're being called to do is to call people to, again, that higher life, that life with God, to draw what is good out of them. That's what love does. It sees what's potential in that person and draws it out. Right, and unfortunately, pulling people down only makes you look smaller, not bigger. Let's see what Mother had to say specifically about this call, about a husband who puts people down. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Hey, where are you from? I'm from Florida. My name is Antoinette. Ah, what can I do for you? I'm very happy that you're back. I've been praying for you. Thank you. I I just have a comment. I yeah. was um, thinking over the new year coming in, and I decided I would not say anything about anyone unless it was going to be something good. Praise God. And uh, and if someone hurt me, which usually does happen because I'm so gullible all the time, and instead of getting angry, I decided I would pray for them. Yeah. And the only problem is, I have a husband who's the opposite. <laughs> he he thinks I should agree with him whenever he's putting people down, and yeah. I don't like to do that. It, yeah. it really makes me feel very bad to put people down. And I just don't know, you know, how how do you handle something like that without um, getting into trouble? <laughs> I well, pray I pray all the time for yeah. him too. But I he think just he... happens to be a person who likes to think he knows everything. A lot of those around. I think you should do what you're doing. If you get a little persecution, I, I, you see, you don't have an alternative. You, you just can't 
backbite and say something nasty just to please someone. I think you're bugging him. That's what makes him so angry, see? One time a woman came to me and she said she wanted to do something for Lent. And I said, well, don't gossip on the phone for all of Lent. What will I talk about, she said. I, I don't know. <laughs> Try God, you know. <laughs> Try the weather, anything. She came back in two weeks. I'm going crazy, I'm going crazy. <laughs> See, we get in the habits of just pulling people down all the time and we can never raise them up. So I, I think if you just keep on, pray for him, pray for him. Next rosary you say you're offered for him. It's a very powerful prayer. But know for sure you're reaching him. One day he'll shock you and say something real nice. I think that's your example. I could tell by your voice you're a rather gentle person. Don't be anything else but what God made you. A lot of people work hard for what you find easy. You hang in there and just pray for him. We'll pray for him too. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we appreciate you staying with us once again for part two of this week's Mother Angelic Answering the Call. Doug Keck here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our topic for the first call in the second half is come back to Jesus. Amen, Father, right? Amen. And, you know, Mother brings up again this very essential point, foundational point, really, that he knows us as if no one else existed. We don't think of it in that way. We think, well, there's billions of people. That is he, Does he really care? Does he even know me? Well, the answer is yes. Why? Because he's God. <laughs> and so we can't understand how he can have that kind of capacity. And yet that's what God is. He's beyond our understanding. He's able to do this because he is God. Well, it's interesting, too, because there, she talks about every individual uh, to God, for, for God, every individual is an individual and it's as if no one else existed. And, and that always reminded me of what she used to talk about, the network, right? The idea of the mm -hmm. purpose in the network, if it really only just saved one person. Right. right. Because one person is worth more than the rest of the inanimate universe. If you just thought of planets and things, one human person is worth more than all of that. That's a high dignity that God has given to us. Why? Because we're made in the image and likeness of God. Of all the creatures of the earth... Only we are able to know him and love him and respond to his love with our love. And I think that seems to have gotten lost a little bit in this over kind of global, in the mm -hmm. sense of Mother Earth kind of approach right. to things, right? Yeah, so we're not a threat to creation. Yes, we need to take care of creation. We don't want pollution. We don't like these sorts of things. So doing, doing that, but not forgetting our essential dignity. We're supposed to be here. <laughs> you know? right. We're not a threat to creation. In fact, we're the height of the created earth. Absolutely. And let's see what Mother had to say. Come back to Jesus. So we have another call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Um, New Jersey. And what is your question? Well, it's not a question but it's something um, related to what you're talking about. I have three children. Each one of them has a guardian angel with their name, and each one of them has their own patron saint. 
three, three weeks ago, my youngest son, who's two and a half, came into my husband's bedroom and said, Mommy, I had this dream. All the saints came down from heaven and kissed him. The last one to kiss him was Jesus. And then there was a young saint who went back to Jesus and was asking Jesus to help my son. Mm. Immediately, my heart fell, and I said, James, what do you need help for? He said, oh, Mommy, I didn't understand the rest. Well, we went on with the day and didn't pay much attention to it. That afternoon, he was almost hit by a car. He ran out in the middle of the street. He never heard any brakes. The car never touched him. And he, I said, I don't know how he got across the street, but he's fine. And I just kept thinking, thank you, dear Lord, because you tried to tell me, but I just didn't pay attention, but just saved my son. You know, there's a, that's a phenomenon, but it's getting more and more common that young children, three, four, five, six years old, are, are having visitations from the Lord or their guiding angel. It's amazing. And we don't pay attention, see? We think, oh, that kid's just making up something, see? But he's not. I, I wouldn't just take for granted he's making up something. And this time, you realized that our dear Lord had a special, special gift. And, and that reminds me of one of the attributes of God. I think if we all understood this one attribute, oh, sanctity would be around the corner. And that attribute is, to God, every individual is an individual, and it's as if no one else exists. There's wars everywhere. There's all kinds of problems in our country, in the church. And here, all of heaven, or at least a great part of it, a guardian angel and our dear Lord himself and some special saint appear to this little kid. Wouldn't you think they had important things to do? I mean, isn't that your attitude, though? You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't bother God with this. You know, he's got so much to do. Well, you're not talking about Mr. Jones. You're talking about Almighty God. Nathaniel must have been out of his wits when our dear Lord looked at him come and said, Behold, a man without guile. How about you said, How do you know me? Oh, the Lord said, When you're under the fig tree, I saw you. I wonder what he's doing under that fig tree. Probably praying to Yahweh for some gift or something he needed. See, and there is our Lord while he's talking to everybody and discussing everything with everybody else. He saw Nathaniel. And this is a, a great example of when you speak to God, when you talk to Our Lady or Jesus, they only hear you. So I don't understand. You don't understand. Who expects you to understand? You know, you got a brain like a, as big as a pea up here compared to God. It isn't even that big. It's like a grain of sand. And, and we don't understand divinity. We don't understand. And we can't. We have a beginning and we have an end. And God never had a beginning and he never will have an end. He always was. It used to set my mother crazy. She said, who made God? I said, nobody made God. Somebody made God, then they would have to be before he was. But who made him? <laughs> Nobody. He always was. 
always is, always will be. I am. When Moses said, who shall I say, send me, he said, say, I am, sent you. See, never, never was with God. I hope this little incident teaches you and, and me too that when I pray, when you pray, when you ask forgiveness for your sin, the Lord promised in this wondrous book, all of heaven rejoices. Why don't you all make heaven happy tonight, huh? Why don't you let the angels rejoice that you have come back home? Come back to Jesus. Jesus is our friend, our brother, our love, our Savior. Come back to Jesus. And closing out this week's program, we have a straightforward question. It sounds straightforward, but it's not quite. <laughs> what is God? You know, I have an engineering background, and so we like to measure things and understand things. But it makes more sense to me with my engineering mind, right, to look at the universe, which is beyond our understanding. It's, what, billions and billions of light years across. I cannot fathom that. It makes more sense to me that there is someone, God, namely, who is so beyond our understanding that he's the one that brought all of this into being. That's what makes sense to me, the most sense, the common sense, really. Right. And because uh, the person really is asking, you know, is, it, is it God his title? What is what is God, mm-hmm. not who is God? Most people really are searching for who God is, mm-hmm. not what God is. Yes, and we know God is a person, right? So we're, we are to relate to him personally. And yet he, there's an awesomeness, as Mother has these different attributes of him, omniscient, transcendent, he's beyond uh, this world, beyond our understanding. But we also know that he is love, as St. John revealed him, and that we're called to a personal relationship with this awesome God. Right, absolutely. Let's see what Mother says, answering, what is God? We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? I'm from Berlin, Connecticut, and my name is Georgette. And what can I do for you? Well, my New Year's resolution was to have a closer walk with with my God this year. Fine. It's been it's been a good journey up to now, and each year I feel the growth, you know. Yeah. And if you're if you're really open, it, it, messages and signs and all these things really do come to you. Right. I have a question about the title. And I just discovered that God, the word God itself, is a title. It, now, am I on target there, Mother? You mean Yahweh? No, God. You know, like the word G-O-D? Father, is that Father, not a title? Father, that's his, that's his, that's his, his nature. Department. That's his nature. He's, he is almighty. God means almighty. It means holy. Right, but, yeah. but my, my question is, is it a title? No, it's his being. It's not a title. No, it's his whole being. God is God. He's supreme. He's holy. He's infinite. He has fantastic attributes. We call him God because that's what he is, the one, only, true God. Now, we have all kinds of Jesus' name is means Savior. And, and, and he was named Savior because that was his mission. Um, Paul, or J- uh, Peter, was, was went from... from a, um, Simon to Peter, because his mission was to be a rock. Saul went from Saul to Paul. 
Now, there are missions, and sometimes the Lord changes our name for those missions. That's why we change our name in religious life. We are spouses of Christ. We change our name. We have a new life, and we belong to Jesus. So I, I, I'm not too sure of your question, but I don't think, uh, you know, God is divine. The Lord is divine. The people wouldn't even say God. They said Yahweh. But God is the one only true God. When we say God, we're talking about that infinite being, creator, provider, omnipotent, omniscient, transcendent, all these wonderful attributes. There's only one like him, and he's divine. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.